Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. This is the broadcast for March 1st in the year of our Lord, 2023. Two hours of incredible talk radio straight ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, the promotion of God, family, and country, the protection of life, liberty, and property, using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, our founding fathers, the Bible, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, it all continues now. This is going to be such an incredible special broadcast. I have gotten rid of all the floater breaks. We need all the time we can get to break it down just for you. Quickly, a recap of yesterday's show. We had a guest by the name of Ryan Cunningham. He is an attorney in the great state of Illinois. Him and his partner, Tom, have sued Governor Pritzker and company over the, great, or over the gun ban dishonesty. Uh, RyanCunningham.co is where you can learn about him. He's an interesting guy, and he got COVID vaxxed. Well, it ruined his heart. <laughs> so as an emergency manager, he thought he was helping people. But he got snookered, ladies and gentlemen. And now he's got heart trouble, and there's a fundraiser to help him with his heart damage from the vaccines. Uh, Ryan also provided an update that him and Tom filed against J.B. Pritzker's in this lawsuit. We also talked about how we're going to support the sheriffs in the great state of Illinois. All right. We also then secondarily on the Sheriff Mac show simulcast with Liberty Roundtable, radio and TV. We talked to guest from Perry County, Illinois, Commissioner Jennifer Martin, who's a mother of four. Uh, She has exposed funding. She's helped with schools and education. Uh, Man, she's just done a ton of things. She got arrested and elected. It's just an incredible story. Uh, We covered all that. Then we talked about the IRS is extending tax filing deadlines for people in Alabama, Georgia, uh, and California who have been recently impacted by disasters. And then we said, shut the criminal IRS down now. We talked about the new texting option. If you want to text to get on our text list for the CSPOA, text the letters CSPOA to the number 53445. All right. That's the first hour. Second hour, Richard Mack was with me, and we talked about, does Trump go to the big house or the White House? (laughs) Or both. Um, We then talked about how Obama might win 2024. Check that out. Joe Biden supports gain-of-function research. National Security Spokesman now says. We talked about a must-watch movie from our dear friend Chris Ann Hall. It's a must-watch movie, Non-Compliant 2. Go to noncompliantmovie.com and watch it today. It's incredible. We also mentioned that we will be creating our own movie as a continuation of that. That's the recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. Without further ado, news that networks refuse to use starts now. I've got two guests with me. The first one is James Edwards, well-known talk show host in his own right, author, dear friend, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Welcome back, sir. Hey, thank you, Sam. Anything going on this week? Oh, man, there is so much going on, it's not even funny. And we also have Chris Carlson with us, who joins me as co-host on Saturdays, usually. Chris, welcome, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. 
The Criminal Southern Poverty Law Center, that's an opinion to which I'm entitled, attacked me relentlessly uh, in a new um, dishonest piece, to say the least. Consequently, they, uh, they don't really call me a white supremacist, uh, but they basically say that I'm a white supremacist and promote white hate. I'm on their hate watch list. It goes on and on and on. Well, because of that, I just thought what we'd do is talk about race a little bit. Talk about white supremacy a lot. Talk about who we are. What is your lineage, my fellow around the world listeners? What is the lineage of the folks that work at the Southern Poverty Law Center, huh? Well, ladies and gentlemen, biblically speaking, or in the Bible, it was important for people to show that they were descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to show that they were part of the covenant people. Who's your God? My God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was kind of the point, biblically. But nowadays in modern reality, we have lost touch with who we really are, with our lineage, with what's going on. Uh, We think that the Zionist Jews are literally God's chosen people and nobody else is really chosen by God there. And that's the confusion. But ladies and gentlemen, the birthright goes to Joseph. Joseph has a birthright that was given to him specifically and pointed out in the book of Jeremiah. Who are these descendants of Joseph today? Huh? Could the tribe of Joseph, with all of its rich blessings of prosperity, uh, have a role to play as we prepare again for Christ to return? That is the point of Chris Carlson. We'll let him double down, make his point, and we'll discuss it with Sam and James. We'll do that at first to kind of lay out some you know, history, because they say we're just racists and we hate everybody. Well, Hate Watch hates everybody. They're the liars that have been discredited by 20-plus attorney state generals in America. They've been completely discredited by all kinds of people over the years. They've been writing about me for as long as I can remember. I'm one of the greatest hate groups in the state of Utah. But you know what, folks? Let's talk about race. Let's talk about biblical origins. Let's talk about who we are and why we focus on this so much. Chris? Well, first of all, congratulations, Sam. You've been labeled a white supremacist, a white nationalist, whatever label they want to put on you. I would wear that as a badge of honor. That tells me that you must be doing something right. Otherwise, they wouldn't pay that much attention to you. So congratulations. It's who's who and who's over the target. That's become factual. Yep, that's right. And I know you personally, you have impeccable character. I don't know James nearly as well, but I do listen to his show, and I would say the same thing of James. You have impeccable character. And we're all about love. We're not about And I know James very well, and I concur with that view. Yes. So I know that that these, uh, according to the article that you sent, I know that these these claims are, are false as far as you being anything about hate. We're all about love. We're all about Christianity. And we're all about the truth and the truth is for literally 2000 years there have been a group of people promoting the notion that they are god's chosen people and we know them as the jews modern day jews and they have um, heretofore been successful in convincing many christians including members of my own family that they are exclusively god's own chosen people When in fact, if you just merely read the Old Testament from beginning to end, you will discover a lot of inconvenient facts that that prove that this is not the case. 
there were 12 original tribes referred to as the house of Israel or the children of Israel. Judah is one of those 12 tribes. But if you ask most Christians today, they would say, no, the Jews are, are the house of Israel. They're all 12 tribes. Well, by their own admission, by referring to themselves as Jews, which is a derivation of the word Judah, they admit that they are one of 12 tribes. So I pose the question, what happened to the other 11 tribes? Were they abducted by aliens? Did they disappear from the face of the earth? Were they, what happened to them? God made many promises in patriarchal blessings to all 12 tribes, and we're going to read some of those promises. But the tribe of, of Joseph specifically is what we're going to focus on today. And in the Bible, at least twice, and through other circumstantial evidence that we read as we read the Bible, I can prove to you that not only are, are not the Jews the only exclusive tribe, but they are not even the birthright tribe. The birthright tribe goes to Ephraim. And you, you referenced First Chronicles 5.1.2. Let me read that word for word, Sam. And this is in the Bible. Every Christian, this is the King James Version of the Bible. It reads, um, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn. Now, they make reference to Reuben because normally the firstborn genetically uh, received the primogeniture blessing. But in this case, for whatever reason, it passed over him. So let me continue in Chronicles. But for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. In other words, it passed over Reuben, the firstborn. For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler. Now that's a reference to Jesus. But, and here's the clincher, but the birthright was Joseph, end quote. First Chronicles 5, 1, 1 through 2. That's my first witness. Here's the second witness. The book of Jeremiah, 31, 9. Um, it reads, and I quote, I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim, the son of Joseph, is my firstborn, period. End of discussion. It is clear, two witnesses established the truth of the matter. Ephraim, through Joseph, his father, received the birthright blessing. We can talk about why that is. But but it's proved in the Bible. The, this this is straight from the King James Version of the Bible. I'm not making this up. This is not Mormon scripture. Uh, this is not speculation. It's right in the Bible. And I've got tons more circumstantial evidence to show that the tribe of, of Ephraim, through Joseph, is the birthright tribe. And many promises and blessings, but not only promises and blessings, James and Sam, are extended to that tribe, but responsibilities, okay? So we don't run around like some tribes and say, well, we're God's chosen people. You need to give us special status in society. You need to make exceptions for us. You need to send us money so that we can build our third temple. You need to send us weaponry so we can destroy our enemies as if, you know, you God need to give us our own nation and respect that nobody else can have that other racists, but you need to give that to us specifically say the Jews, right? Yeah. And they are one of the 12 tribes of Israel. I will give them credit for that. Assuming that the Khazar theory is not right, but that's another discussion. And I'm for fine another. letting the Jews have their own quote nation nation. Uh, but man, will they let others do the same? Or is that a racist contention, you see? So the point that we're driving at, ladies and gentlemen, is the Lord had 12 tribes through Jacob renamed Israel. Uh, and we are all part of that and part of the blessings. And as the Savior Jesus Christ prepares to return 
it's informative to understand our history that through Joseph, who had the birthright and the blessings, he had the responsibility of missionary work and the gathering of all peoples. And that gathering relates to preparing a people to receive Christ when he returns. Chris? Yes, it does. And as you mentioned, it is the tribe of, of Joseph through his second-born son, Ephraim, through which the majority of missionary work in these modern days will be affected. And I've got another scripture to back that up. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 17. And this is a, there's a lot of symbology here, so I'm going to have to break it down a little for you. But I'll go ahead and read it first, and then we'll break it down. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh, unquote. Now, of course, Ephraim and Manasseh are both descendants of Joseph, so they are of the tribe of Joseph. Um, so let's talk about the symbology of the unicorn. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of a unicorn. Now, the unicorn is actually an, an extinct uh, wild ox, and the Bible Dictionary talks about that. It's a very powerful animal, and it was known for its strength. So, so the symbolism is that this, um, this effort, this missionary effort, that would be compared to uh, pushing the people together to the ends of the earth would be accomplished by a very powerful force. And that powerful force in modern days is the tribe of Joseph, uh, Sam and James. And it's right there in the Bible. Uh, it just needs to have a little bit of interpretation. And well, talks Ephraim, about the- Ephraim would be greater than Manasseh. That's according to Jacob. Genesis 48.5 highlights that reality. So we realize that this lineage is passed down by fathers to whom they give blessings to passing down the birthright. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got to understand this principle. Now, why does this matter to you and I? Because we're talking about lineage and who we are. I am a descendant of Joseph through Ephraim. Uh, and I, I believe that James is as well. And that kind of relates to these countries and to nationalities and to freedoms and to uh, you know, James talks a lot about uh, on the radio how the white people, historically, uh, have been the Christians, have been the ones who develop technologies, have been, and, and we're not here to down other people, but that's a fact of history of who's done what. The most freest, prosperous, advanced nations in the world are Christian white nations. All right. Yes. So th this is not a racial debate here for the Southern Poverty Law Center just to attack. This is a biblical Christian understanding. Yes, the Jews have an incredible lineage. The Savior, Jesus Christ, was through that Jewish line. However, yes. blessings were extended in this great blessing that God gave Jacob, renamed Israel, to all the 12 tribes, primarily ministered through Joseph. The one who was sold into yep. Egypt, the one who saved his family the first time because he had food, and the one the Lord will use then to prepare the people to receive Christ again, doing so through the leadership of primarily white nations, primarily nations who believe in God and Christ, who understand who we are as a people, and who will bring people together through missionary work and teach the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's the whole purpose of this discussion, Chris. Yes, and let's go back to the nations, plural. Now, if the Jews were the recipient of the promises of Abraham and that there would be a multitude, I'm quoting now, I'm quoting from Genesis 48, 19. Uh, 
Jacob reiterated the fact that Ephraim, quote, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations, unquote. Genesis 48, 19. That is from the Bible. Now you tell me what tribe most represents a multitude of nations. How many nations do the Jews occupy or control? The land right of Israel. Now none, they're hoping to control one, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, good point there. I mean, let's but be factual. The answer's none, ladies and gentlemen, but they're advocating to control one. Nobody else can advocate for that in the world, but the Jews can, right? Oh, yeah. You know, through their biblical heritage, you know, because they're God's chosen people. Yeah. And the other one. We won't attack them for that because that would be racist, you see. Oh, that's Of course, if we make the same claim, that would be racist, you see. See, you can't win with these these clowns. When did you quit beating your wife is the question. Well, yeah. Okay, there's no good answers when they play those games. Why can't we open up the discussion to calm educated minds and dig into the details and put together our own viewpoints and our own reasons and our own understandings and accept that they may differ from someone else's. Why can't we do that? We can and we do on this program. On this program. And as you mentioned, the Jews are literally engaged at this time as we speak, Sam and James, in an ethnic cleansing program in the land of Israel. Yet if we try to maintain our own culture and our own society and, and claim pride in our own race, somehow we're racist. Yet the Jews are literally perpetrating murder in the name of ethnic cleansing and maintaining the purity of their race, and they get away with it, and we don't. Something doesn't add up here. And we're not even advocating violence. What we're advocating is equal standing for all of God's children throughout the world, whether they're of the 12 tribes or not. It doesn't matter. In his eyes, we're equal. Now, let's talk about... We talked about the multitude of nations. So let's talk about those nations. You look at North America, you look at Canada, you look at Northern Europe. There is a multitude of, of nations from which the tribe of Joseph uh, has been represented. And those nations have been the primary force in these latter days in promoting Christianity throughout the world. So there are more promises. Uh, I mean, we talked about the one in um, the one I just quoted you. Uh, about, you know, the ox symbolism in, um, oh, what was what, that scripture that I just read? Uh, anyway, the unicorn. And if these are not symbolic of, of what we're doing as white Christian nations from primarily Northern European extraction, I don't know how else to explain it, Sam and James. I've got the, the um, patriarchal blessing of Joseph that his father, Jacob, uh, placed his hands on his head and bestowed upon him, and this is gonna, this is gonna look like modern day, uh, the United States of America or modern day Australia or modern day Canada, as far as Christian culture is concerned. Can I read that blessing? Let her rip. Okay, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well. Remember, this is a blessing that was given to him by his father Jacob. Uh, and this was after he saved his brethren from starvation, by the way. So, so these future blessings have nothing to do with what had already been accomplished to that point. He literally saved his 11 brothers from starvation. They would have been eradicated from the gene pool uh, four or 5,000 years ago if it hadn't been for his faithfulness. And that faithfulness continues through his seed today. So I will continue. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough. Uh, by a well whose branches run over the wall. Let me interpret that for you. 
What that is a reference to is that is a reference to their dispersion throughout the world and they're inhabiting uh, countries throughout the world, like the United States, like Canada, uh, like Northern Europe, uh, where they uh, moved to after the diaspora in about 726 BC when the 10 tribes were lost. Uh, we can go on. It, the blessing goes on. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. Does that sound like white people today who are being persecuted uh, by minorities and being told that they're responsible for all the world's ills, for slavery, for poverty, for racism, uh, for intolerance in general? And are they not uh, using Christianity as, uh, as kind of a scapegoat for that? It goes on, but his bow abode in strength and the arm of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Does that not sound like the, the strength of uh, modern day European countries and uh, those of European extraction who have come to America and Canada and Australia who won the Second World War and defeated one of the greatest threats to um, um, peace and prosperity in the world in the form of Adolf Hitler and the Nazis? Even by the God of thy father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. That, that has reference to population. You look at the population of white people, and it used to be pretty healthy, but the, all of these things are, are now uh, being challenged. Um, white populations everywhere in formerly predominantly white countries um, are diminishing, including in America. And that's something that you and James talk about a lot. Uh, let me continue on. I'll just finish this because there's a lot of uh, information here. The blessing of thy father uh, have prevailed above, above the blessing of my progenitors under the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. And that's obviously a reference to the fact that Joseph symbolically saved, not only symbolically, obviously literally saved his brethren, but that is a foreshadowing of what is happening today. Literally, the house of Joseph today is doing everything that we can as Christians to save the world from tyranny. And a lot of that tyranny, unfortunately, um, and James, I know you will agree with me on this, is coming from another tribe of Israel and that of Judah uh, because of their power and influence throughout the world, their banking power, their, their power in Hollywood, their power in the media, their power in government, um, their power in the Federal Reserve. And, um, and you know, I can go on about how uh, during the, the 150, no, actually 1,000 years that, uh, that Judah and the northern tribes had been separated, it was literally a rivalry that con continues today. Uh, do you want to talk about the separation of the 10 tribes from the original 12 tribes? Well, it's a big, it's a big long story. The bottom line, though, is everybody got separated. As you know, everybody got scattered. That's biblical reality. And the point is that mm -hmm. Joseph and Ephraim are the lead peoples to eventually bring back a gathering. A great gathering is we prepare for Jesus Christ to return. That's really the fundamental point we're making. And the point we're making here is a point of lineage, a point of blessings, and understanding that Jews claim this God status more than anybody else, but it's false. The truth is that Joseph, through Ephraim, uh, was given blessings by, from God through Jacob, uh, and that lineage is us, or we are those people. 
Now, scholars might debate this and say, well, you can't prove that, Sam and Chris. Uh, you can't prove your lineage. <clears throat> well, then, if you can't prove your lineage, then you can't say we're racist. Because you, if you don't prove lineage, how do you know that I'm not black? Well, Sam, because you have DNA, and the DNA doesn't show any black genes. Yeah, but if we all came from Adam, that's the Christian belief, then we're all brothers and sisters, you see? And where's the difference, and who's the tribes, and what you're getting is a mixed-up history. And those who disobey God lose blessings. Those who obey God receive blessings. That's the quintessential point. When we get back, we're going to have James Edwards jump into this mix, too. Uh, and uh, we really got to understand this, folks. Are we just racists or do we care about biblical reality and care about preparing the people for Jesus Christ to return? That's the ultimate question, right? Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Pharmaceutical company Eli Lilly is set to cut diabetes treatment costs. They're announcing this morning it will cut the list price for its most commonly prescribed insulin products by 70% and take other steps to make it easier for patients to afford the drugs. Kansas City, Missouri Mayor Quentin Lucas is reporting three police officers have been shot. The incident occurred last night when Kansas City Police Department tactical officers were executing a warrant in the eastern part of the city. The three officers who were shot were immediately taken to a local area hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. They are currently listed in stable condition. The Missouri Highway Patrol is conducting the investigation since the Kansas City Police Department was involved. The standoff continues. Ars Technica's Eric Berger believes the cause of Monday's scrubbed launch on West 2 News will not be a problem for Thursday morning's launch of NASA's Crew-6 astronauts to the International Space Station. You know, I don't think it's a serious major technical problem for them to fix. I think they just had an issue with their ground systems, supplying this TTEB chemical, the igniter fluid, to the rocket. Democrat Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has lost her bid for re-election as the race heads to runoff without her after no candidate reached the required 50% vote threshold to be elected. Chicago Public Schools CEO and City Budget Director Paul Vallis will face Cook County Board Commissioner Brandon Johnson in next month's runoff election. YouTube may not be the place to turn for medical advice. Researchers at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston say they discovered an alarming amount of misinformation in YouTube videos about sleep disorders. The lead researcher says health information is more nuanced and detailed than what can be squished into a short YouTube video. The study also found that 65% of the videos promoted products and services or had some other commercial bias. I'm John Schaefer. This is USA News. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. 
So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. Well, welcome back, everybody. James Edwards here uh, for just a couple of minutes. Sam Bushman and I will be talking about a little bit of news that we've been involved with, uh, primarily Sam, but uh, I got a dishonorable mention as well. We'll be telling you more about that in the second hour. But very fascinated and interested uh, as a Christian in the thesis and the ideas that Chris Carlson is, is bringing to your radio today. I think he makes a very good argument. I have never dived into this uh, to the extent that he has. I've read bits and pieces here and there. But as a Christian, it does interest me. Uh, And I think ultimately we would agree that whether or not we are or are not these people, that all people should have the right to exist, to have societies that reflect their cultures and their language and their histories and their faiths. But uh, both Chris and Sam said a few things in the first half hour of this hour that I, I would like to sort of double down on. And, and, and we'll go back to the very beginning uh, with Paul and his compatriots when they made those three missionary journeys to spread the gospel. It's the second journey that was of interest to us. And uh, Paul wanted to go to Asia uh, to preach, if you remember what we learned in Acts. But the Holy Spirit prevented him from doing that. In a vision, Paul saw a man standing across the sea shouting to him, come to Macedonia and help us. And so he immediately assembled his team and went. And that's a particular interest to this conversation and germane to this conversation because it was the introduction of Christianity to Europe, and that is to white people. Uh, Rather than send the gospel to the Asians, God first sent it to Europe. And we embraced it. We accepted it. And it's changed the lives of our ancient ancestors and continued on through the ages and generations of Europe, which was also known, by the way, as Christendom. Europe was synonymous with Christendom. They were two words for the same place. And it inspired our people. That faith inspired our people, ladies and gentlemen, to the greatest discoveries and accomplishments in the history of the world. And if you are a Christian... That is your heritage and birthright, particularly a Christian of European extraction. That is your heritage. That is your birthright. And so reasonable individuals would suppose that a people in a religion that have done so much good for all of the people of the world, all of the races of mankind, should be regarded as valuable assets uh, to humanity. It just makes sense. If something and someone is helping you, you let it. <laughs> but that's uh, You encourage others to support it, but that's not what's going on here in these and days. And you show gratitude, appreciation, and acknowledgement of it as well. Yeah. Never gratitude. Pat Buchanan said uh, to me one time, never uh, the gratitude, only the grievances. But Christianity, particularly the, the sort of Christianity that Europe uh, generated, is, uh, is taking on a daily savaging from the news media, the entertainment industry, government, universities, colleges, every other outlet of information and influence. Uh, in the United States, gentlemen, there, there's got to be hundreds, maybe thousands of groups, organizations, and agencies, movements, and influential people that on a daily basis seek to divide white Christians from their faith. And, and their strategy in this domination is pretty simple. You divide us from our history. Every week you, you see another story about a town or a city ha- hauling away a Christian monument, a Confederate monument. Any display of uh, pride in our people and our accomplishments is insensitive at best or racist at worst. They divide us from our culture, Columbus Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Independence Day, constant protests. Divide us from each other. 
you know, witness what happens if, if, a, if a college student uh, discusses forming a white student union. Of course, every race and ethnicity has a caucus and a in Congress and in universities and wherever. But it's unimaginable that white Christians would do the same. But most of all, they want to divide us from Christianity. Now, why would they want to do that? Ultimately, it's because they hate Jesus Christ. And Jesus told us that since they hate him, that they would also hate us. But most immediately, and this is to your point, guys, it's because the faith of our fathers makes us effective opponents to those who desire to enslave people to debt and to governments, which does not produce societies that foster industry, accomplishment, justice, safety, and courage, all of which are hallmarks of Christian culture. And if they can purge Christianity from our hearts, then it's only a matter of time before they can dominate and destroy us, and with their toughest opposition out of the way, they can dominate the world, and they're well on their way to doing it. So how do they want to rid us of Christianity? Now, the, the most effective tactic has been to convince white people, because you don't see this against black Christians and Hispanic Christians, not in the same way. And thank God for that, but, but uh, I am concerned about what they're doing to our people. Uh, convince us of the lie that you cannot at one time love and advocate for your people and for your culture and be a true Christian. And the lie goes something like this. If you're white and if you love your own people, then you're a racist, and the Bible and Christianity condemn racism. Now, that's, that's a lie, but, but enough European Americans have believed it that it has become a primary tool in our displacement. And having believed it, people are left with a choice. To either hate your own people so you can be a Christian or stop being a Christian so you can be a racist. And either choice you make out of those two, they win. And, of course, to no other race or religion is that applied. You're never going to hear people tell black clergymen that they cannot at once be in favor for their communities but also be a Christian. Of course, uh, they're not going to say that. So, you know, which one do you choose, racial identity or Christianity? Well, that you know, brings up another problem. In this current climate, neither is welcome. European Americans who love and advocate for their people are branded as white supremacists. God knows that. We'll talk about that in a minute. And Bible-believing Christians are marked as intolerant bigots. So that's not much of a choice given to us, is it, uh, by those who hate yeah, it? Hate watch, person. Will, hate watch will attack you and destroy everything either side, right? That's no absolutely what. right. You can't and, win, and, and, right? And what, what, what average person wants to deal with the constant onslaught and insult of, of that kind of hostility? And uh, and so this is this is where we're at now. Um, I, I would I would give you another option here in closing my, my little bit here. Don't believe the lie. There are thousands of, of white Christians in this country who are godly Bible believing Christians who also aren't ashamed of their past. In other words, they don't dishonor their fathers and mothers as the Ten Commandments teaches us. And I'm one of them. I know a lot of people like that. There is no contradiction. There's no two propositions, no inconsistency or conflict whatsoever. And as a matter of fact, they are complementary to the point that not only can you be a Christian and, and be proud of your earthly lineage, which is what we're talking about here, not only should you be a Christian and love the way that God made you, but if you are a Christian, then you will be proud of how God made you. You will feel the same willingness to sacrifice for yourself that Paul did. Paul wrote in Romans 9, 13, for I wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. And you'll feel the same imperative to protect your genetic line as Abraham did when he told his servant, thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. That's in Genesis uh, chapter 24. You'll feel the same displeasure of God who said through Paul, but if any man provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So I think, Sam and Chris, everything that we're talking about here is biblically accurate. There is no shame in it. 
Uh, but this is the assault that our people face, and we've got to have men that will stand up. And the churches are a big problem now. The churches are a big problem now because they have been in, uh, infected with the same cultural Marxism, the same wokeness that all the other institutions have. You've got weak men leading the flock, and uh, they have gone astray. So anyway, I hope that wasn't too tangential to the topic that we've been discussing, but those are just some of my takeaways in listening to what we've covered so far. And we have tied the Old Testament and the New Testament together in a biblical way to highlight the future and our responsibility related there too. Chris? And I think it's important. There are a couple of elements that we, we have to make sure that we don't gloss over. One is that 2,000-year grudge. That 2,000-year grudge represents... In one, if I could represent it in one statement, where the Jews, when they demanded the Pilate crucify Jesus, they said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. And that grudge has been carried from generation to generation up until today. Now, that group of people, unfortunately, uh, the majority of them have this visceral hatred because they've been burdened with the notion that they and their ancestors crucified Jesus, which is not true with modern day Jews. They're 20, 50, 100 generations separated from that, but yet they cling to, to those traditions of their fathers as if they have to, like that's part of, part of their heritage. They don't have to. They can uh, cast off the burden of anti-Christianity and be baptized and be just as privileged as the house of Joseph today for the most part is, but they refuse to do that. Now, we need to realize that I think some of these Jewish people today know who we are, they know the rivalry that goes back literally 3,000 years before Christ, where we were the northern tribe and they were the southern tribe in Judah. And at times we were friends, but at other times we were rivals and we would dispute one with another. And then eventually the 10 lost tribes became um, scattered throughout the world. And that's where Christians disconnect completely with their heritage. They think that somehow they were disappeared from the face of the earth, which is not the case. God kept track of them. God guided them. He, he led them, I believe, to Northern Europe, uh, where they probably lived for the most part in a, a state of apostasy until Christianity, like you said, James, eventually got back to them, where they recognized in their souls and their genetic makeup that, that they were, in fact, the heirs of these great promises. They probably didn't know the full picture, um, but they knew enough to know that they were the heirs and that they had the responsibility then to turn around and to preach Christianity throughout the world. And we've been doing that ever since. I think that knowledge of people like you and me, James and, and Sam and our neighbors, they need to know that they need to realize that we're not only spiritual descendants uh, and spiritual heirs of these promises. We are literal genetic uh, descendants and heirs of these promises. And that message needs to be uh, disseminated throughout Christendom. And I think if we can do that and we realize that we are, as you said, we're in that blessing wherever we go with the technology, uh, with uh, the, the correct political philosophies, uh, with peaceful society and culture, I think if we can send that message out, we can break the stranglehold that the tribe of Judah is trying to place on us because of this 2,000-year grudge that they hold, held against us. And they think they're on the verge of finally being able to destroy Christianity from the face of the earth. And I'm saying we will not let that happen. Sam? It's vital to understand this. And I know they're just going to basically use this program and say, how this just proves how racist you guys uh, really are. But remember, you know what? God sets forth 
ladies and gentlemen, the truth. And God sets forth our relationship with him and with each other. Remember that, okay? So in 930 B.C., just to kind of highlight this, the ten tribes formed the independent kingdom of Israel in the north. And the two other tribes, Judah and Benjamin, set up the kingdom of Judah in the south. Now, I got a question for you. Uh, so, uh, get rid of kingdoms for a minute, but kingdom of Judah, Jacob and Israel. Uh, look, they're all brothers, right? Yes. So the Jew descendant and Sam Bushman descendant of Ephraim are literally like super distant cousins in a literal sense, right? Yes. It's a civil, right. it's a sibling now let's ask rivalry. Where the black people, let's ask where the black people come from, shall we? Right? Mm -hmm. You can study, and, and they all come from this great tribe of Israel, right? Mm, I'm Do not, not? I don't know about that. Well, who, um, who else on is on the planet there, besides who else is on the planet besides the twelve tribes? When did the flood happen, Chris? Yes, you can say that they are descended well, from Noah. On. Absolutely. When okay, did the flood so happen? Noah, who who yeah, else was on the planet besides they... Noah's family? Right. Uh, the Nephilim. <laughs> Uh, that's a topic about which I am not prepared to discuss. You yeah. mean the giants? So, uh, all I'm, uh, well, so now are the giants, are they, you know, are they real people? Are they like the, um, you know, dinosaurs? Or, or were they really human as we are? Were they descendants of Adam? Uh, you know, so you can get into a whole lot of fuzzy territory there, folks. Yes. But let's be very clear. Are we from that fuzzy territory? Or are we clearly from Abraham? Isaac and Jacob. Uh, your thoughts, James? Well, I would say this, uh, and that is if you look Because I'm at... certainly not a giant, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nor am I. <laughs> I. I would say this, and I think this is a takeaway people need to consider. You look at the advancements of Europe. Uh, the advancements in exploration and technology, you look at what Europeans were able to accomplish under the banner of the cross. You look at all of the blessings that were bestowed upon Europe during the many centuries that, again, it was synonymous with Christianity when it was called Christendom. You look at all of that, and now you look at the Western nations, not necessarily Eastern Europe, which has maintained the faith far better than we have, but you look at the Western nations. You look at Western Europe. You look at places like London and the United Kingdom in many places. You look at you look at uh, America. Uh, now that they have turned away from God and embraced all forms of evil and degeneracy, and the decline has been predictable. I mean, it's just as plain as the nose in your face. You look at the advancements of Europe under, for hundreds of years under Christianity, and as we have entered into a post-Christian era in terms of our institutions, at least, and, and many of the people, too. Uh, it's all fallen apart within just a few decades, and I don't think that, that that's just a mere coincidence. Uh, but I, I, would, I would say, too, though, that the Christians out there, you, you look at all of these, the, the disciples of Christ, all of them died brutal, horrible, horrific, torturous deaths for the faith. And, and, and our people can't even stand up to being libeled by hate groups like the Southern Poverty Law Center. We're going to run. We're going to denounce our, our, our brothers. We're going to, uh, to run for cover and duck from these creeps. 
<laughs> we, we, we've got we've got to have more men. You've got to have that that the black regiment that we had during the uh, the Revolutionary War. You got to have people that are going to be able to stand up and at least take a, take a, a verbal punch if nothing else. There's 400 years between Noah and Abraham, ladies and gentlemen. You got to understand that, right? So, who survived the flood besides the people on the ark with Noah? Yeah. And what about well, those people? Where do they fit in, right? So you got the 12 yeah. tribes, then you got the other survivors. Is that what you got? Where's their history? <laughs> uh, that's beyond the scope of our discussion today, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, not, not really, because either they exist or they don't. And if they don't exist, well, then they well, don't. We, if they do exist and we don't have history, then we can't talk about them, can we? I, I will tell you this, Sam. Yeah. I, now, this gets a little wonky. But I visited Ken Ham's Noah's Ark experience uh, up in Kentucky. Yes. They have the Creation Museum there, too. Right. 95% of it is fantastic. Uh, it, it's really good. I would encourage anybody to go there. I took my wife and kids during COVID and uh, because they were still open. We went a couple well, of years a ago. That's a racist thing to do. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was wonderful. Uh, it, it's wonderful how they present the arguments. But when it comes to the topic, do you think of, everybody of, should of, do it or just whites? No, everybody should do it. Uh, but <laughs> oh, I only okay. saw whites there for whatever reason. I only saw whites there. But they, yeah. they they do get a little bit in the weeds with with regards to um, our earthly identities. They actually say to answer your question that all people are one people, and sometimes two white people yeah, you can have a black person. Whatever he's doing. They, they they actually say that uh, two people Chris can uh, two pong. white people can have a black child. They actually say that there, and they they I think there was one time in <laughs> I don't I so I don't know I I don't know I don't know if it matters because I I think what we're saying yeah. is what's right for all Americans. Uh, Christianity Christianity is is a force that has been good for all of mankind. And I know they say, oh, well, they decimated the, the, the Aztec culture. What are you talking about? Some ritualistic, cannibalistic, sacrificial culture? I mean, I, I, I think that's a good thing. I mean, uh, I, I think that's good. But uh, that, that, that was stopped, that the forces yeah. of God could stop The reason I like bring that. this up, ladies and gentlemen, is, look, you've got to understand your lineage. Uh, and you know what? Our lineage is sons and daughters of Almighty God. Now, who cannot make that claim? In other words, you could say, okay, if you're not a son or daughter of God, what are you? Either a son or a daughter of nothing or a son and daughter of Satan, right? Look, this is very simple stuff. And the whole point of this is when the Savior returns, we want to prepare a people that will receive him. Those people may be black. Those people may be white. Those people may be, who knows? But we know this, the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ is our responsibility, Chris. Yes. It is. And you and I, Sam, we took two years out of our lives to spread that gospel. And other and Christians who, from who, other denominations who, do the same. Who would challenge this that it's our responsibility? And so, you know what, we'll take the uh, abuse that we get as we follow the Savior Jesus Christ. We'll take up his cross. We will follow him through the resurrection, James. And that's really the uh, most important point of all this. All the things that we teach really have a goal of bringing people to God, family, and country to understand who we are and to preserve the best life for ourselves and for our children. That's well, what we're doing and why, James. And it's, it's a sin to fret the attacks of the world. It, it, it is a sin to worry. It is a sin to despair. 
Uh, and so we're, we're, we're not going to do it. Now, I, I wish we had uh, more faithful churches. Uh, it's, it's like the Reverend uh, A.Z. Tozer put it, religion today is not transforming people. Rather, it is being transformed by the people. Uh, it's not raising the moral level of society. It is descending to society's own level and congratulating itself that it has scored a victory because society is smilingly accepting its surrender. And, and I think that's what you've got when you've got churches and, and, and clergy and men of faith who will cow to the Antichrist organizations like the Southern Poverty Law Center, to put a, to put a name to it. And, uh, the, that, and uh, the divisionary doctrine they perpetuate, right? Yeah, let's not, let's not forget about Christian Zionism. That plays a huge role in what we're discussing. That is the, the poison pill that they've introduced into Christianity some 150 years ago that has metastasized into this great cancer that says, don't worry about being righteous. You're going to be, um, you're going to be uh, raptured. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. And all these other uh, devious, preposterous doctrines that in order to get to heaven, you have to serve the interests of the Jews because they're God's covenant people and the Jews don't need baptism because they're saved under their, the original law of Moses. And all of these uh, ridiculous doctrines that they're trying to um, perpetuate through Christianity, of which members of my family have uh, accepted hook, line, and sinker. And that's what started this whole discussion about this whole research project that I undertook about, you know, who we really are and where we've come from. And uh, well, you, got, you know, I can't go ahead. Well, Chris, if I, if I could just pop in, you, you're right about that. It was introduced about that time ago. It's only really caught on in the, in the last, you know, 50 or so years, maybe not even that long. Uh, but, but it has, it has become a big problem so much now to the point where, not only do other people have a different deal with God, they don't have to accept Christ, they could actually be anti-Christian and, and have a better chance at going into heaven than you do, uh, but any criticism now of the state of Israel, or if you publicly disagree with the person who happens to be Jewish, now I've interviewed lots of Jewish people, and that I get along with famously, uh, in fact, Paul Gottfried, uh, who is a professor uh, wrote an endorsement for my book, which is in the, uh, the, the cover of the book. Every book I've ever sent out has his endorsement. He's a great guy. But Same with that, Daniel, if you disagree, uh, what's his name? Well, we, we, yeah, there's been a lot, but uh, the, but the, any disagreement that you have with a Jewish person qualifies you as an anti-Semite or a neo-Nazi or all of this, and, and and then people just run for cover. I mean, it's just I'm glad that Christ Himself and and His original apostles, who were charged with the responsibility of spreading this to the world, had a little bit more courage than than modern day Christians, or there would have been no hope for any of us. Yeah. Yeah, but it has infected, as you said, James, it has affected Christianity to the point where a lot of Christians don't want to go to church because they feel as if they're being fed propaganda rather than doctrine. And they are. Uh, the tribe of Judah has infiltrated the Christian churches today, and uh, we need to recognize that. We don't have to serve anybody but Jesus Christ and God and his children, and we need to treat them equally. Nobody's better than any other. You know, no, nobody's saved by any other doctrine but the doctrine of Christ. The, the law of Moses is the law of dead works. That never saved anybody. It was to, to direct forward the minds and the hearts of the children of Israel to the time when a true Savior would come and do away with animal sacrifice. Yet today, there are literally Christian leaders like John Hagee and um, Kenneth Copeland and, um, 
and other evangelical Christian leaders that literally tell Christians, don't worry about, don't try to baptize the Jews. They're saved under their original covenant that they entered into under the law of Moses, which is abject blasphemy. Well, and, and, and now it's just gotten so ridiculous and preposterous. This cancer has you know the word, metastasized to such a point now that you, you have priestesses and you <laughs> serving as clergy and, and, and homosexuals and, and you know everything else. It's like my pastor always used to say, not every building with a steeple is a church. And you're right about the exodus that so many Christians have had from these churches. And there are still faithful churches and congregations, to be sure. But so many of them now have basically become like MSNBC at prayer. I mean, you can get the same sort of message by watching, by watching MSNBC. They, add, they, they might add a hymn and, no and a prayer, but it's basically the MSNBC program. Well, what we need to do is bring black or bring back the black-robed regiment, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing to do with race here for a second. It had to do with pastors standing in the pulpit on fire, aflame with righteousness, teaching the people about God, family, and country, teaching people that Christ will return, preparing a people to be free, liberty-loving people to await the Savior's return, the author of our liberty, to realize that the cross matters that the sacrifice was complete, the resurrection is real, and therefore we shall have that as well. And those who choose Christ and follow him will be blessed and will be uh, rewarded and protected. Those who do not are on their own. That is the quintessential doctrinal point that we're making here. And there's nothing wrong with me being white. Why? Because God made me white. That's why. Am I okay with that? Yes, I am. If you're okay with that, great. If you're not, I'm sorry to say you have the right to your own opinion. But I'm okay with it. And I will not apologize for it. And I'm grateful for how God made each one of us. And I'm grateful that I can do my best to celebrate my heritage. I would encourage everyone to do the same. And I'm going to do my best and spend my time uh, in missionary work, preparing the people to receive Jesus Christ when he comes again. And that includes the Jews. Maybe they can repent and change and be prepared to receive Jesus Christ the second time and realize that Christ is the Savior of the world. Jews, Gentiles, black, whites, uh, you name it, Asians, everyone. This is a message. This is the faith that they need to come to. Roger that. I testify Christ lives. He did die on the cross, and he was resurrected and lives today, and he invites all men. To repent and be baptized and come unto him, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. I just thought we'd break it down in no uncertain terms. Hour one in the can. Taking on the Southern Poverty Law Center in hour two. Coming up straight ahead, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, James Edwards. If you want to check out James's incredible work, thepoliticalcesspool.org. That's right, thepoliticalcesspool.org. I am Sam Bushman, and we declare God save the republic of the United States of America.